1: KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX.
3: Yes, folks, good gardening. We're live and lively from Allen's Tree and Landscape Service out here in Winsville at 2755 West Pierce Boulevard, which really is a frontage road to Highway 70, so no big deal. Phone number, 636-332-5535. Allenstreeservice.com is their great website where you can see examples of some of their work. And um now that you know where we are, how is your landscape, your yard, your garden, your houseplants, what's on your mind? Remember, this is your show, and I'm here to help you make good, sound decisions or where you can just go. What is he talking about? I don't understand this. But remember, healthy plants, it's work, timing, and information, and it is a marathon. So the phone number, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. The true brains behind this live and lively broadcast this week is Greg. He's producing back in studio, so when you call, he will ask your name and where you're calling from. And then Ben is a remote engineer here today. So I'm Mike Miller. I've been doing the Garden Hotline for 20 two years. Wow, that's a long time. But I've written five gardening books. Two are currently available at various locations. And during the well, how are you going to find, Well, if you want to have me come to your home and do a what I call a walk and talk, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, where I do, do monthly updates on what's happening in the outdoors. And also on the homepage, you're going to see my phone number and my email address. And we can set up a time where I'll come to your home. Today after the show, I'm actually headed to St. Charles. And uh, right near Lindenwood College to take a look at this home. Now the Good gardening Stroll, which is brought to you by St. Louis Composting. 636-861-3344. Bright sunny sky. As I pull past blooming lilacs, gold-thread branch cypress, a mockingbird sat on top of a weeping cherry tree. There's boxwood and Asiatic lilies as well. And some sponge rock for accents. Neatly edged bed. Fresh mulch create a perfect setting for Allen's Tree and Landscape Service as you pull into their parking lot. Huge bur- huge boulders parallel to Pierce Boulevard run the entire length of the property. The wildflower meadow this time of year hmm, looks a little bit what i'd call brown but that's okay because it doesn't have its peak season until a little bit later on and that backs the patio demonstration area where many of the things are still in early spring mode and uh the speaking of mode how about mode m-o-d-e or m-o-w-e-d How are those two the same word? Well, I don't really know. But anyway, the people here at Allen's Tree and Landscape Service, they diagonally cut their lawn. Very, very impressive. And other things you're going to see while you're just kind of getting out of your car, you're going to see everything from a purple leaf peach tree vibrating very, very nicely. Some ornamental grass as well. It's still a little bit of sleep. The catkins are dangling from the white birch. And uh, the candles are elongating on the pine tree. There's a fastigate, which means narrow, upright growing hornbeam. It's just slowly waking up. And the stormwater runoff creek that they've built here off the parking lot, boy, it had a workout this week, I'll tell you. Man, there has been some rain. Large bins of mulch are waiting for you to take some of it home with you. The building entrance, highlighted with knockout roses, with that bright red foliage right now, lilac that's been pruned into a perfect globe, along with some very low-growing mugo pines whose candles are also stretching out. Ah, They're saying, thank goodness winter's over. Everything's neatly mulched, and uh, it adds a nice final touch as you step into Allen's Tree and Landscape Service. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Welcome back
1: to the St. Louis Composting
3: Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, we're live and lively from Allen's Tree and Landscape Service here on West Pierce Boulevard in Winsfield. Information-wise, 636- three three two five five three five great website Allen'sTreeService.com. dot Let's go to the phones now. Let's head to University City for the first call and go into Mike's yard. Mike, how are you? Oh it looks like we got Steve highlighted. Steve from Finn, how are you?
1: Okay, how are you today? Very good. Um hey, I, go I, ahead. I'm sure you've addressed this before. Um, I don't get to listen mostly on Saturdays, but uh, We've got oak trees that got those big nodules in the branches and stuff. Is that anything to worry right. about?
3: In essence, it is in a way because if you get too many galls on your oak trees, the weight of the galls can cause some pressure and cause some cracks. Then consequently, that's you know, water running down the trunk or anything else could get involved in that. So what that is, is you know, stings from a very, let's say, old type wasp, not the classic type wasp. And uh, it's an aesthetic problem, more so than anything, but still, like I said, some of them can get pretty large and can cause some you know, cracks in the branches or twigs or things like that. So uh, it uh, it's is I mean, definitely one, a concern, but the, there's not too much you can really do.
1: How big do those actually get?
3: Well, they keep stinging on the same place a lot of times. So the ones that you see are not going to get in bigger, any bigger than what they are right now. It's just that, you know, the female goes and, you know, she injects the eggs into this, you know, this area. But I've seen them sometimes as big as, like, a tennis ball, if not even a little larger. Yeah,
1: because probably the biggest I've got, it may be golf balls.
3: Right. And so I mean, they could it could end or whatever, but uh, you know it could be even just you know could get worse and worse and worse. It's an aesthetic call more so than anything, like I said.
1: So if it gets to be too many, just trim some of the branches out, I
3: guess. Well, you could do that, sure. Have a tree service come out, you know, like Allen's Tree Service. Let them take care of it. Let them have a look, and maybe um, you know. It's just, you know, yeah, but it's going to be, you're never going to get rid of them. The trees that usually have them, the wasps don't go too far away from where they were born, let's put it that way. So they just continue to kind of stay around the same, you know, same area, right. same tree. But it's
1: no, it's no disease or anything that's going to kill the tree.
3: No, in essence, not. Just it's a physical damage type thing.
1: Right. Okay, great. Thank you.
3: Yep, and now let's go from Steve in Fenton. Let's see if we can get to Mike in University City. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you doing, Mike Miller? Can you Very hear, good. Can you hear me okay? As far as I can tell, can yes. You he- can you hear me okay?
1: Yes. Yeah, good, good. You know, I uh, I have a question about my shrub. I wonder if it's um, okay to trim it, even though we have cold, um, cold weather, but... Um, about Maria Kina, Maria Keena, I know I know Maria McKean is out and I I thought that a, a news radio announcer should be intelligent but every time Maria Kina opens up her mouth I mean she's she's got to be the stupidest person I've ever heard in that Sir this is really
3: very obnoxious. We don't really need to hear this sir. So if you have a question that's fine. So let's go now to Joe in a car. Hi Joe.
1: Hi hi Mike how you doing? I got two questions. I have an Amur Amur cork tree, A M U R cork tree, and I, right. it, it's about ten to twelve inches in diameter now at, at the base. And I'd like to move it. What's my chances of moving that baby successfully?
3: Very minimal. Uh, the, Very uh, min- what this is is a type of maple tree. It's Amur maple, and uh, a, you know a trunk that large, you're going to have to get a piece of equipment called a tree spade, which is like the size of a cement truck. They're going to have to come in and spade it out, and then the root ball is going to be huge. Then you're going to have to have a huge hole to set this thing down into. So moving a tree of that size is going to be very expensive, and it's not to say don't do it, but it's going to be quite an evolved process.
1: There you go. I figured that. Okay, the next one is I have some mop cypresses, and uh, those babies are getting pretty big, and I trimmed them back like two weeks ago. When they started showing new growth, and I cut mm-hmm. them, you know, just, can I, is that the right time to trim those guys back?
3: Well, it was a little early from the standpoint. We didn't know if we we're going to have another cold snap because sometimes when you cut off the you know tips of anything, the newly exposed branches or needles, like with this you know gold thread branch cypress or whatever type of cypress this happens to be, uh, now are fully exposed, and we get a really harsh cold snap. You could have some more damage done to your actual shrub. I see. So but it's a little trim premature. Them yeah. You, you so would trim I mean, them in
1: the spring, like after the after they go through their growth spurt, you would trim them then.
3: Yeah, you could certainly do it then, but you got to get it done. You know, from the standpoint of summertime too, because you don't want to sun scald the things. So it's a it's a little bit rough. You know, to actually figure out the timing when to you know when to do the pruning. But it's all you, you know because it, of our weather more so than fall. anything else.
1: You wouldn't do it in the fall, yeah. then.
3: Uh, I probably would not go. I don't like to prune going into wintertime, no.
1: Okay. Thank you, sir.
3: Yep. And again, you know, mine is not the only garden path to follow. So everybody, please remember that. Now let's go to Linda in North County. Hi, Linda.
2: Hi, Mike. I've got, um, I had four real bushy, I don't know what they they were not evergreen, Maybe spruce, I'm not sure, but they're old. They've been in there for years. And they were all bushy and clustered together and probably about 12 feet tall. I had them removed. And I want to put something back in there, but I think I've heard you say to let it rest and don't put anything right in that area where the the roots were. I'm thinking maybe about getting some big pots and putting something in the pots
3: would that work That sounds perfect. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. My question I is, recommend
3: that many, many times because the root systems even, you know, on large trees where the stone's been ground out or anything else, the root system doesn't realize this and you know, depending upon the individual plant how healthy it was, the root system can stay viable for several years after it's been beheaded. So, right. that's I you in I'd a competition. Say
2: that. Okay. Right. So my question is um, I don't want. I want something that's like maybe four, three to four feet tall. Is it possible to, um, like, in a couple of years, take something out of a pot and plant it, or do you just leave it in the pot?
3: No, I've actually. When we were in Soulard, I had quite a few different things growing in pots in Soulard because I had a courtyard, not a landscape. So when we moved to South City, all those pots came down to. Basically, you know, when we moved, and then I've pulled several of them out of the pots, and then now they're part of our landscape. And so, oh, the, many okay. of them stayed in pots for multiple years.
2: Okay, what what would be good? I um, I, I, I don't know what to plant. This is right on a, <laughs> on a property line, and my neighbor and I are working together on this because we want to put something in there, but nothing nothing real tall, but something pretty. You know that flowers, but doesn't require a lot of detention
3: um, you know it's if you if you want you did you say you wanted something evergreen?
2: No, no, I thought maybe okay no, some kind of a plant or something that that uh, blooms and you know doesn't get more than maybe four feet tall.
3: Well, there's, you know, take a look at, there's several varieties of spirea, there's several varieties of hydrangea, so just go online and just check out the spireas and hydrangeas, and that might be a couple good choices to take, you know, to take a look at.
2: And then just put the, the um, um, trunks, are they're just level with the ground, so I was just going to put the pots on those places.
3: That's fine. That's perfectly fine. So, and I mean, there's other things, there's IT. there's, you know, Sweet Spire, which stays relatively low. So there's, I mean, there's the choices of the plants, you know, are, I mean, it's it's phenomenal as far as what you want from, you know, the description of what you're going after. Okay. But there's plenty of things that, you know, I mean, you could even, if, you know, you're not looking for flowering, one of the Japanese maples you know that are you know the dissectum variety, which is the one that grows like a natural umbrella, you could use something like that, which okay. only is going to give you colorful foliage. it's not going to give you flowering, but there's a lot of different choices.
2: but I could just look go to the internet and look for something that maybe doesn't grow more than a certain height and has blooms or whatever and I can get from there. Yeah,
3: you could do that okay. or just visit your favorite garden center. Because okay. they're going to be able to. I mean, they've just been recently stocked. They're going to have all kinds of different things to be able to, you know, to use. And okay. if you want something that's going to, you know, if you don't mind thorns, I mean, even something like the knockout roses, you can grow in pots.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank I've you had, so very much. Oh, have you've done that with roses?
3: Yes, I've had my knockout roses have been in the, you know, in pots for two years now.
2: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very, very much for the advice. Great.
3: Good luck with that. And now let's see if we can get another call in. Jana uh, from St. Peter's, how are you today?
4: I'm pretty good. How are you, Mike? Very good. Um, I have two questions. One about that oak tree with the galls on it. Mm -hmm. Hello? Yes. Oh, uh, last, I mean, my tree's probably 25 years old. Last fall... All the leaves came out off of it for the first time, and now I don't have any leaves, but I do have those those little round galls. I guess that other guy called them. So, is this tree going to make it, or is it dead? And I did have Allen Tree Service come out last year and trim it. I mean, uh, thin it out so we'd get more sun in our front yard.
3: No, if you would look at throughout the entire region, some trees are leafing out. Some trees have, you know, leafed out quite a bit, but the oak trees have not leafed out, at least none of them that I've seen. And as I, as I look noticed, across. But I was wondering if it's go-
4: they're all dead or if something's wrong with them. No, no,
3: no, 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 no. They're not okay. dead. It's just, that you sounds know,
4: good, and I also have a crepe myrtle that was, was planted last year uh, by a landscaper, and everything, and it hasn't started to do anything either. Is it going? Is that a later bush and starting to, you know, get little starts on it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, crepe myrtle, butterfly bush, Rosa Sheeran, and any of those midsummer bloomer type things—they're all going to be a little bit later as far as emerging growth.
4: Okay, okay, and I'm so glad that you said my. Uh, Uh, tree's going to be okay and i like maria keenan
3: thank you (laughs) that was a strange call anyway thanks a lot and folks mike miller kmox garden hotline live and lively from allen's tree service back after these messages welcome
1: back to the st louis composting garden hotline once again here's mike miller
3: on kmox Yes, folks, we're live and lively from Allen's Tree and Landscape Service out here on West Pierce Boulevard in Winsville 636-332-5535, com. And joining me right now is one of the big wheels at here at Allen's Tree Service. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today, Mike. How have you been? Very good. And John is not here because... Uh, he is volunteering
5: at a booth. Uh, there's an Arbor Day uh, celebration at MOBOT. and. Uh, What's MOBOT? Missouri Botanical Garden. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know. Um, but he's volunteering at the St. Louis Arborist Association booth. We have a booth down there, and he's giving away some uh, free seedlings of dogwood and chinkapin oak and bald cypress, spice bush, deciduous holly. Wow! So um, it's a good good thing to go down there and celebrate Arbor Day, and they'll be answering questions about you know tree and plant related issues and stuff like that. Well, so uh, sounds great. John Beckman, he's the president of the St. Louis Arborist Association. He'll be down there as well as some other members. Well, great. What's
3: going on here at Allen's Tree Service?
5: Uh, we're busy. Uh, glad it stopped raining finally. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of projects on hold because of even like today, it's too wet to do some things. Right. You know. Um, but uh, we're glad it stopped and uh, happy to get back at it. we got a lot of work to get out there and do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you have plenty of staff? Oh yeah, we're uh,
5: we've got plenty of staff. Uh, it's just a matter of getting out there and having uh, good weather conditions and uh, being able to do what we need to do. Well, the,
3: the nice thing is you don't force things because a lot of time I was out actually for an appointment the other day, and there was a you know a landscape service which you guys you know that's part of your company. They're doing work, and it was you know in between down pouring down rain. And I just thought what they're doing is not really going to be too effective because the way it's, you know, we've had this sort of sequence of raining. So you guys are conscious enough and conscientious enough that you're not going to go out just to get the job done.
5: No, no. Uh, we want to leave the yard in better condition than we found it, and that's kind of hard to do when it's too wet to do. <laughs> right. So as you saw, is all the work that got
3: done around here. Right.
5: right. You know, uh, we, we kept them working, but uh,
3: on our own uh, projects around here. Right. So give me a little bit, uh, if somebody wants to call and talk to you directly, do they? is there like an exchange, or is there <laughs> some kind of option? No, uh, just
5: you? call the office here at 636-332-5535, and one uh, of the girls in the office will get the right person out to your property for your particular needs. Great.
3: That's perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. And now let's go to the phones. Let's go to Tony in South City. Hi, Tony. Hi, Mike. I'm calling about you my today?
1: hydrangea. I'm fine. Okay. I'm calling about my hydrangea. Last year, I cut off the flowers at the end of the season. And this year, I have green stalks. But there's no, doesn't appear to be any type of flower at the top of the stalk.
3: Is it it's too a little early? early for, yeah, very, it's way too early. So depending oh. upon what variety. Now, there is one variety of hydrangea called PG hydrangea, which blooms in the springtime. But the majority of the hydrangeas you know, bloom, are summer bloomers. So whether it's oak leaf hydrangea, whether it's, you know, one of the blue flowering hydrangeas, whether it's one of the forever hydrangeas, but only the PG is one that, you know, will bloom in the summer or in the springtime. So it is a little bit early for, you know, any kind of flowering on the majority of them. Unless you do have a PG, and if, it, if you do, you didn't really mess it up by cutting off the flowers. I, you know, that's an aesthetic call that really doesn't interfere with the flowering whatsoever.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate your time, and I enjoy your show every week.
3: Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on your show. As you know, it's certainly not my show. If you weren't there, I would not be here. So thanks, Tony. And now let's go to Rose. And Rose, how are things in St. Louis?
0: It's doing really good. Thanks, Mike. I'm just giving a quick call out to the lady you were talking to earlier. Um, If she's interested in something I think that would work for her is the little quickfire petite um, hydrangea. It blooms early, uh, kind of white, and turns to red. And it's great for a compact base great, great. so it's, it's a charmer I'm kind of in love with it the other thing <laughs> I need to ask you about is I've got a, a pin oak that is showing a crack in the trunk is there any way that I can treat that I'm concerned about that
3: basically it may the crack on the trunk may be just actually the girth of the trunk increasing. So, in other words, the bark is going to split as a result. So, but if it's a crack that runs like, you know, multiple feet going up and down the trunk, it could be a lightning strike or something like that. But the best thing you can do is just go out right now, and if the bark is loose, pull any of the bark off. And then you can have a better look at what's going on. But it doesn't sound like if it's just a you know somewhat of a narrow split in the bark, I wouldn't be overly concerned with it.
0: it if it starts from the base coming up, I don't worry about like termites or ants or something getting in there. No, no.
3: If your if your tree is healthy, I mean, bugs are just part of the outdoors. So there's going to be, you know, they're going to go and they're going to collect, let's say, some sap or something if, the, if something's oozing. So I wouldn't worry too much about that.
0: Oh, great. Okay, thank you. Have a good one.
3: Well, you too. And, you know, definitely don't do any kind of, you know, don't put any kind of sealer. Don't put any kind of paint. Don't do anything at all to, uh, you know, to your tree. And, and so... Uh, Just realize that things like this happen. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of natural growing plants in the outdoors. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. We will be back after these messages.
1: Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX.
3: Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 if you do have any questions. And because this is really getting into the peak gardening season, if you could kind of hold it down to the most important question, that would be great because we have people waiting you know, in line to get their questions answered. And I want to make sure I can get to as many people as possible. So, again, 314-3, no, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go to Bob's Yard and he lives in Chesterfield. Hi, Bob.
1: Hey, Mike. Good morning. Uh, I have a question on English ivy. Uh, we had a lot of leaves this winter that covered it up, and uh, we could blow, blew everything out of there and uh, got a lot of long strands. The English ivy has, is coming back, but it doesn't look real great. It's got a lot of leaves on a lot of long, um, uh, strang, strangly, uh, whatever you call that, so what would you recommend as well? I don't think we've lost it, but it's not looking real great.
3: Right. It's probably, The stand of this English ivy is obviously old because when they start elongating yeah. and no longer have the ability to push out any kind of new foliage along the entire stem... Probably what you should do is just leave all the existing stuff where it is, but you're, pr- you're going to have to replenish it with getting some new flats of ivy and interplanting it in with these longer stems because there's okay. nothing you can really do that's going to you know, sort of trigger the growth. It's just yeah, old.
1: Yeah, it's been there at least 20 years <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and done great. Uh, okay, how about any fertilizer or anything like that?
3: I probably, you know, wait until after you get everything planted. Then you could just use, a you know, somewhat of a low analysis fertilizer, like 5, 10, 10, something along that line. And uh, that's, you know, probably do that once a month, maybe May, June, and July, and then then none after that. And then maybe, again, do some fertilizing in the, you know, like in September,
1: Okay, we got it Mike. That's great advice and I'm gonna get it done. So thanks for your great. service. Okay? All right, yeah. bye bye.
3: Well thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, I mean I was at uh I forget exactly where it was now. But they, they had a slope that they had the English ivy growing on. But, I mean, some of the strands were like six feet long with no foliage on it at all. And then the bottom one foot of each individual, let's say, vine had leaves on it. So there was nothing they could do. They asked if they could cut it back. Is that going to make a difference? By the time you did that, it's going to take so long. And that's why I just recommend getting some new plants and interplanting it with the existing stuff. Let's go to Donna's yard in St. Louis. Hi, Donna.
2: Good morning, Mike. I have a few questions about pruning. Um, I have boxwoods and I have forsythia. When is the best time to prune these and how, how severely can I prune them without injuring the plant?
3: Well, with the forsythia, anything that flowers in the springtime, you're best off to, fly, uh, to prune it, let's say, within a month or two after it finishes flowering. So you got all the way up into So you could do it right now. You okay. could wait for another couple of weeks if you want to. You're better off not to prune it when we're really heading into summertime because it could get sun scorched on some of the stems that are now fully exposed because you've done some pruning. Boxwood, you may have had some injury due to that cold. The tips of a lot of boxwood throughout the entire region, you know, you'll notice the end, less three or four leaves are brownish and bent over, that's just due to cold. And there's not too much you can do about that. But you could go ahead and do the pruning on the boxwood right now if you'd like to as well.
2: And how deeply can I prune them?
3: Uh, The boxwood, any broadleaf evergreen like that, you definitely don't want to cut it back so far where you're going to have you know, areas that are, you're just going to see stems or sticks. So if you've got an area on your boxwood, let's say that's six or eight inches long that has leaves, if you cut off half of it, that's, you know, I would not cut off any more than that. With the forsythia, they're a little bit more, let's say, forgiving as far as pruning goes. So you could cut that back, you know, a little bit more severe. But I never like to cut anything back as far as a flowering shrub. In other words, a deciduous flowering shrub, more than, you know, 50%. That's a lot. I don't really, I I mean 25 percent to me is you know more than enough great
2: all right thanks so much
3: certainly and now let's go to rich in st louis save some gas money and uh rich what's going on
6: yeah mike uh i've got a paracanth the bush has got out of hand i was wondering if that can be trimmed now the The growth, I I guess it's about an inch and a quarter. I want to whack that thing back. It's encroaching on another plant. Can I whack that or not?
3: You could definitely do that. Now, when you do the, you know, you're pruning on the Forsythia, or I mean, you're pruning on the Pyracantha. What you're looking at, then you're not going to have any berries. I could care less. So just, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not I thought r- everybody only grew them for the orange berries. No, no, no. Yeah, you so, could go uh, ahead and it. prove it. Yeah,
6: it's out of hand. I was just yeah. curious if I could cut something as large as an inch and a quarter or so, if that thing would come back.
3: Oh, sure. It shouldn't have a problem.
6: One other question, Mike. I've got some giant ar- arvividas, and they are getting to be giants. I need to take the top out. I'd like to... Uh, Keep them from getting any taller. Is that feasible? Is that okay to do that?
3: It's going to be a lot of work. Um, I got to just understand. Yeah. Just understand when you cut the top off a conifer like an arborvitae or something like that, it's you know the ability of it to be you know produce any growth that's going to look healthy is going to be somewhat limited. So just expect the top area where you've pruned to sort of like just turn brown. It's only going to be an inch or two so you don't have to worry too much, but that may be the end result of pruning the arborvitae.
6: Okay. Thanks, Mike.
3: Yep. And now let's go to Ron. Ron, how are you today? Hello, Mike. Hi.
6: Uh, My peonies are currently farming buds, and I want to make sure that they bloom this year. I had a problem last year where a lot of the buds did not bloom. What can I do to uh, enhance that?
3: Does the foliage look good?
6: Foliage looks good.
3: Okay, and the buds, have you fertilized them at all? Yes. Okay, so as long as you're fertilizing, you're doing everything possible. So the reason why they didn't flower last year, now, did the tips actually the flower buds did they turn black, so it may be a fungus related type problem?
6: Yeah, uh, one bush was fine, the other one, the buds kind of turned black before they really got uh, large, and should I as would as
3: go sure. A- you should just go to your favorite garden center and tell them you've got a fungus on your peonies, and then see what you know what particular chemical they have that would you could actually use on that Because peonies have a lot of fungus problems anyway, just on the foliage and everything else. So this may be the answer to your problems. Because it sounds like if they look healthy, everything looks good, but then the buds, you know, sort of like have more or less a tip rot. Then uh, get this fungicide on them as soon as you can.
1: All right. Thank you.
3: Yep. And uh, I think that's going to be about all the calls we can get uh, for this hour. So if anybody has any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Uh, things that you need to be thinking about in your yard if you have spring flowering bulbs, this has been a great spring for the bulbs. I mean, the cool weather and everything else has made it so the flower period has extended and extended and extended. But to understand that once the flowers are finished, you don't have to, but you know, you can go ahead and just cut the flower stem off but fertilize these leaves that are still remaining. Don't bend the leaves over, don't put a rubber band around them or anything else because these, these bulbs that are spring flowering, they're absorbing nutrients and moisture and then they use the sunlight that the leaves are, you know, let's say, getting more or less to produce food to make it so they're gonna do, uh, come around again next year. Now, some of the varieties, they age, they they've stopped pruning. If you've got the foliage like that, you can have the foliage if you want to. But if you've got varieties that are clumps of them that haven't flowered at all this year, then I'd say, uh, you know, you could do whatever you want to with them, but generally you're not going to get them to flower again. So just, you know, fertilize these spring flowering bulbs because it is going to make a big difference, you know, for the future, hopefully. Mike Miller, K, Garden Hotline. We, we will be back after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,